0: Hey everyone, my name is Laura and this is Lawless Amateur Whining. Hey everybody, this is the very first episode of Lawless Amateur Whining. My name is Laura and I used to be the co-host of another podcast and about a year ago we shut it down sometime around the pandemic, maybe it's been longer than a year, and more recently, I've decided that I wanted to start it back up, but I didn't want to just speak about movies and TV shows. I kind of wanted to go off grid. I watch a lot of Bravo reality TV shows that we never talked about on my other podcast. I'm super into horror movies. I love true crime. So I wanted to just have something that's kind of a melting pot for everything and all the Hollywood gossip and what's going on today in our current lives. So um, I made a bit of a list and I'm going to go through and talk about some things that I've seen recently and hopefully you'll be interested. So let's get to it. The very first thing that I wanted to talk about and it was immediately written down was The Righteous Gemstones, which is on HBO. It's uh, the new episodes are on Sunday night. Currently, I think if you started watching right now, you could probably get caught up by this Sunday to watch season two, episode eight. But, um, you know, you would have to be pretty obsessive. The, the episodes are about 30 to 45 minutes, I think, each. So this series was written, created, produced, directed. All the Fancy Things by Danny McBride, who is an amazing comedic actor. He has this great timing. He's got great presence. He really understands the subtle comedy and the -the over-the-top comedy. He's just got the whole gambit. And I can't praise this show enough. It's amazing. And one of the things that I love is that there's so many... U.S. TV shows that sort of dumb down the humor and it's sort of slapstick dumb I call it bottom tier comedy where they basically have to spell it out for you or have a laugh track okay this is supposed to be funny Ta-da! and one of the things that I love about this show is that it's so subtle and there's these little things that they'll throw in and that you may not have been paying attention to so if you were looking at your phone and just listening to it you might have missed what they did like there's a running gag that one of the characters is always drinking milk always drinking milk and there's a a scene in one of the episodes where instead of drinking wine he's drinking milk but he's swirling it around in a wine glass and um there's another episode where a bunch of the characters vomit and he throws up milk it's like these weird little things that you you might not pick up, but you have to be paying attention. You have to put things together from other episodes that they're dropping in. Um, some of the other people who are on the show, uh, Walter Goggins, John Goodman, Edie Patterson, Adam Devine, they are so perfect together. And the show is supposed to be about this religious family huge in the community, we're sort of thinking Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker, where they're larger than life, they're televised, everybody thinks that they're amazing, but behind the scenes, there's so much fraudulent activity going on, and, uh, growing up, (laughs) growing up in the South where everybody's got a church, everybody goes to church on Sunday, it's such a breath of fresh air to see people actually being called out for being sort of hypocrites as far as not everybody, but there are a lot of people in higher positions and churches that have done and, you know, will continue to do shady things, which I think is really interesting. So, uh, that's the first thing that I was super into. Um, This past Monday, I went with two of my friends to the actual movie theater. I went to an actual movie theater, which hardly happens anymore. Since the pandemic, it seems like it's weird now to go see movies. You know, you just sort of expect to be able to watch them at home on Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or wherever they're being released to. So it's sort of a treat to go to the movie theater now where it used to just be a mundane activity. But I had seen uh, the previous films with these two friends, so we decided to go together to the movie theater, to AMC, to go see Jackass Forever. (laughs) And I understand that this is the type of show where you either love it or you hate it. There's really no in-between as far as these type of movies go. Um, (laughs) There's so many people that I know who don't find it funny, or they're just grossed out, and... I guess they don't have the stomach to watch it. And I will say that there have been previous movies where I've either almost thrown up. That's a true story in the theater. I almost threw up. I I literally had to put like my head between my knees and sort of take a few breaths and like talk myself down out of it because it was really, really bad. Um, they, They definitely go to the extremes as far as grossing people out and doing sort of the worst possible things that you can imagine somebody doing to the a human body but as soon as i saw the trailer for this i knew we were going to go see it and it did not disappoint it was hilarious obviously now the jackass guys have been doing this for decades so they are i mean they're older than me obviously uh but I I'd say an average of about five to ten years older than me and I know that me personally some of the things that they're doing there's no way there's no way I would break a hip I would break an arm I would die whatever and so they definitely had to recruit some new blood for these movies and uh you know Ryan Dunn tragically passed away years ago so you and, you know, he, missing him from the movies was really big. And uh, Bam was discluded from these movies uh, due to some contractual personal issues, from what I understand. And so that was a big miss from it. You know, you sort of expect the core group to be there. So besides them, you know, everybody else was there and everybody else was involved and everybody else was taking all the hits that they normally take. And uh, Johnny Knoxville, of course, had to battle a bull and he got thrown through the air and he got hurt pretty bad. From what I understand, I heard some behind the scenes stuff that like he got hurt very badly in that scene. Um, they said in the movie that he had a concussion and a broken wrist. I think some cracked ribs maybe, but it, it looked really bad the- he got knocked completely out. They do all sorts of other crazy things. There's a part in the movie where um, a, a new lady who, I, I mean, I don't remember having a lady in any of the past movies being a star person as far as taking hits and doing the stunts with the guys. So this that was sort of new. <laughs> I don't know if that's the sort of woke jackass movie that they were going for, but it was definitely different and they had uh, a scorpion sting her lips and i i mean i have to give it to her because there's no way a scorpions getting anywhere near my face they did a stunt with that same woman and uh steve and one of the other new guys where they had to be mimes so they <laughs> they had to have something happen to them and they couldn't make a sound so the lady steps up and they tell her she has to lick a taser and she does it. And I have no idea. She didn't make a sound. She did it twice. And then they brought out a snake. I think it was a viper and the new guy had to kiss the viper. So he had to lean forward and kiss this snake, which obviously attacked him and bit him, but like not make a sound. And then they did like a skateboard guillotine where they took Stevo. And, like, slid his ankles into, like, a guillotine type thing. But, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of a blade coming down, <clears throat> it's a skateboard that's coming down right onto his ankles. So they let it go, and he yells immediately because he forgot not to say anything. So they have two mimes, and then they have Steve-O. So that was... <laughs> It was hilarious there are so many good parts like that in the movie where it's it feels like the old times they did some throwback sort of pranks and stunts that they did 20 years ago they showed uh clips from different movies and tv show episodes from 20 years ago and it was really sort of nice to see that old throwback and see them when they were so much younger because it's weird like you watch them and you don't feel yourself getting older necessarily besides watching them to do these stunts and going like dear god there's no way in hell i could do that um but then you see the throwback film footage and you're like oh my god they were babies and it it was one of those sort of feel-good moments where you're sort of like oh and then you're like oh <laughs> at the same time uh, where you're like, damn, I'm, I'm really old now watching them do this. So I've heard rumors that they had enough footage that they could do. Um, so this was, I guess, Jackass Forever. And they talked about doing Jackass 4.5. So I guess it's like this is number four and they're going to release some of the other footage later on. I don't know if they're going to release a full-length movie or this will just be sort of an extra thing that comes out. But I'm really interested to see it. And, of course, I'm going to watch it every single time. So, uh, while we were (laughs) in the actual movie theater for the actual movie of Jackass Forever, we saw a few trailers. And one of the trailers that really stuck out in my mind was a – it's a movie called The Cursed – And I'm usually on the fence about horror movies. I sort of take them with a grain of salt. I go into them thinking this is going to suck, obviously. But this one actually looks pretty good. So it, I guess it was written and directed by um, a British guy named Sean Ellis, who I have never heard of. I Wikipedia'd him and as far as I know, I've not seen anything he's been attached to, which could be good or could be bad. The trailer gave me um, the witch vibes. um, That's the movie that was styled so it looks like two V's together. So it looks like the Vivitch, but it's the witch and it had Anya Taylor-Joy. She was, that was sort of her breakout film. So this film, The Cursed, it sort of gave me the same sort of vibes as that. It looks like a throwback, um, maybe a hundred years ago. Uh, it's really woodsy. It's very... Um, the the filming is really dark. And from what I understand, from what I gather, it's uh, based on a Roma curse. So uh, I guess somebody in the Romani family has been <laughs> displeased or disrespected. And they put a werewolf curse on either... It's either a household or a community. And hilarity and murder ensues. So, uh, I, (laughs) I went through Wikipedia and looked at the cast. The only person that I actually recognized by name was Kelly Riley. And she, you would know her from The Good Pride and Prejudice, which (laughs) had Keira Knightley in it. I think everybody refers to that one as The Good Pride and Prejudice. Uh, but Kelly Riley played Caroline Bingley. So if you remember that bitchy sort of blonde girl, she's going to be in this movie, The Cursed. I don't know who she plays. I don't really know a whole lot about the plot just by what was shown on the trailer, which had, you know, things moving through the brush and people being snatched and pulled under and uh, candles getting blown out and then someone attacked. Uh, Very paranormal activity, which is what I thought it was. And then they show some sort of werewolfy teeth at the end and I was like oh okay so werewolf movie I don't know so I did some research and that's what it appears to be and there haven't been a lot of really good Romani 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 I always say this wrong fuck um curse movies I think the last one that really stands out in my mind is um Stephen King's Thinner (laughs) which is a really good example of one of those types of things and why you don't fuck with those people and you never disrespect them and you never displease them and you just basically try and stay on their good side forever because bad things are going to happen. So I'm really excited about this. I think it's coming out sometime in the spring, which is weird. I guess it debuted last October in maybe a smaller sort of group situation not like Sundance because that's in January but um some sort of film festival and I guess it's going to be released more widely now because it's not complete shit so I'm really excited about that um (laughs) so last week one of my kids um asked to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife which I had not seen yet and I was really excited about it. I remember seeing trailers for it during the pandemic and being really excited and like, when is this coming out? I want to see it. And then it sort of disappeared off of my radar and time goes by and, you know, you get older and you're working and you have kids and blah, 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 blah. So (laughs) I just got around to renting it on Amazon Prime uh, this last week. I think it was $5.99 to rent for like 48 hours, which isn't terrible. $5.99 Five ninety nine is still cheaper than seeing it in the theater, especially with kids and popcorn and everything. Um, the rating is PG-13, which I was sort of on the fence about, but, you know, the very first Ghostbusters in 1984 was rated PG, but that was 80s PG, <laughs> and if you go back and watch now, you're like, yeah, that's probably more of a PG-13 situation, so... I kind of felt like as long as it was along the same lines as the first one, we would be okay. So I watched it with my husband the first night, and then I watched it with um, our oldest daughter the second night. So I watched it two nights in a row, and it was really good. It really felt like a good sort of sequel to the original, a good follow-up. It had the same feel-good, uh, somewhat scary, a little trepidatious, super science-y, nerdy kind of feel to it, um, as opposed to, like, the girl Ghostbusters movie that was out, I don't know, what was it, like, five years ago, that was complete shit. I don't know why they tried to do that, I don't know who thought that was a good idea, it absolutely was not, (laughs) I don't even think I finished that movie because it was so bad. So that was the only thing that I was really nervous about as far as this movie is concerned is like, okay, are they going to fuck it up? Are they going to do right by them? Because it's really important that if you're going to do a reset of an entire film that you give the original film some credit Because the reason it's so popular and the reason you're at this point today where you can do sort of a remake or a continuation is because that movie was so good. So you got to keep it in that same sort of feel. Like, Ghostbusters sort of had a campy, nerdy, but action, fun feel to it. And I am so excited that they kept up with that. Not only was the cast amazing, you have... McKenna Grace, you've got Finn Wolfhard, you've got Paul Rudd, uh, you, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry, it's been out for a thousand years now, but, um, they do have a cameo from, um, the original Ghostbusters, which is really cool, and, oh, and Olivia Wilde's in it, (laughs) which I was like, what the hell, I was not expecting that, I had no idea she was in it, so that was interesting, um, but it was it was the same sort of thing. It's like Gozer is coming back and they have to prevent Gozer from taking over the earth. Except now it's with kids. <laughs> so you've got nerdy kids. You've got the kid who has no idea about science. You've got, you know, a nerdy teacher. And for some reason you're in the middle of East Jesus Nowhere, Oklahoma. And go. So... I mean, I don't know why The End of the World was going to start in Oklahoma. I I don't know. I guess there's not much else going on out there that they figured they could just blow it up. But it's cool. It worked. The movie was amazing. I think, uh, I mean, my kid who watched it with me the second time was, it was sort of one of those, this is my first horror movie, horror movie in quotes. So she was scared in a little parts, you know, like the the watchdogs that goes or has that you know derive from humans being possessed. She was, <laughs> she was scared of those, but I mean, I was sufficiently scared of those, and they still kind of creep me out a little bit. I mean, who wouldn't be? They have the Stavepuff Marshmallow Man men, I guess you could say there was like a bajillion of them running around, which was super cute, and. <clears throat> I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you grew up watching those movies, especially if you've ever seen the first movie. I mean, it definitely made me want to go back and rewatch the originals again and have those sort of good time moments. Uh, okay, so I talked about that. I talked about that. Let me go down the list. So <laughs> last night, my husband and I watched this movie that's on hbo right now it's called antlers and uh (laughs) it's got the little kid who played Harmon in the righteous gemstones so we're gonna like connect this all back together you know all roads lead back somewhere i think all roads should lead back to the righteous gemstones to be honest um if you've gone to my website yet you know i even put a quote from there on my website because i i just love it so much um Anyways, Antlers. Okay, so Antlers is set in... It feels like um, the same sort of setting as Twilight. Like in Oregon, Washington. Everything is dark and creepy. And there's like lots of woods and mountains. Very... It's not even rural. It's just sort of a sad sort of area to live in. (laughs) Like, is there sun? Is there literally no sun anywhere? Um... So Jesse Plemons is in it and Carrie Russell is in it and they are brother and sister. And uh, Jesse Plemons is the police officer in town in this one horse town where there's apparently only like three police officers. And Carrie Russell comes back. I guess she had left home for a while. It's uh, implied that they had a severely abusive father and she sort of ran away from home and after he died, she came back and moved back into the family home with her brother and became a schoolteacher. So in the meantime of all that going on, uh, there's some guys <laughs> in, I guess, like a a mineshaft warehouse area. I mean, so- somehow it was connected to a mineshaft, but it was like one of those pre-engineered metal buildings where it's just like a, a storage facility. And it, it seemed like they were cooking meth. <laughs> and, uh, so it's these two guys. One of the guys had their, his son with them and they hear a noise. The sun's outside in the truck. The two guys go to investigate in the mine and get attacked by a creature. So of course the son, like any child would do is like, what's going on and like goes straight to the trouble doesn't run away go straight to the trouble and then we don't find out what happens for a while and essentially okay so the kid who plays Harmon from the righteous gemstones is that guy's other son he's the older son so we find out later he's uh in school and carrie russell is his teacher in school and she notices he's got weird drawings that he's got at his desk they're very dark and ominous (laughs) it's like uh like bears and demons and black mountains and things being eaten and things that are dead and bleeding and disgusting you know super fun things that most 10 to 12 year old boys would draw in class (laughs) I mean, in the 90s, we were all drawing that, like, S with, like, the six lines that were all drawn together, but, I mean, you know, it's 2022, I don't know what boys are drawing in school right now. Somehow, she's alarmed by this. Uh, She calls in the school principal, who's played by Amy Madigan, who I haven't seen in, like, a thousand years. (laughs) Every time I think of her, all I think of is Field of Dreams. I, will, I know she's been in a ton of things since then, but for some reason, I just associate her with that movie. So, um, like, Field of Dreams. And uh, one of the other police officers who's in town is played by uh, Rory Cochran, which um, you may not know that name, but he was from Empire Records, and he played the kid who lost all the money in Empire Records. So, he's all grown up now. He I think he's older than me also. And he's now a police officer in this dumb fuck town in the middle of nowhere where creatures are running amok. And uh, then we end up finding out that the meth guy got, so his friend, I guess, got eaten, right? The meth guy got possessed by what turns out to be a Wendigo. And um, which I I know very, 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 very little about. I know it's a Native American um, mythology sort of scary tale about a antler deer creature thing that lives in the forest and eats people, but I didn't really know anything besides that. I think I heard about it on Unsolved Mysteries actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then he, his son who was with him also is really sick. So they go back to their house, really sick, and they ask um, the older son, the one in Carrie Russell's class, his name in the movie is Lucas. So they ask Lucas to lock them in this room in their house and don't let them out. Do not let them out. So poor Lucas, who's literally a child, has to go out and find uh, dead animals to come feed to his dad and brother and... um then go to school every day like nothing happened, which is weird and sad and terrifying. Um, so, it's it, you know, it gave that idea of, like, you know, children who are in abusive homes and how they have to do all this stuff at home and then they have to go to school and pretend like everything's fine, but things are kind of leaking out and showing themselves in different ways. Like, uh, I'm drawing a picture of, you know, somebody being eaten, which... Is a manifestation of the abuse that's coming out you know this movie has layers like ogres basically so um amy madigan decides she's going to confront the dad about lucas and his drawings and the fact that the other son hasn't been seen in a while so she goes to the house and she opens the locked door because why wouldn't you if you go to a house wouldn't you just help yourself to letting yourself inside and seeing a locked door and just deciding to open it and not calling the police. <clears throat> so she gets just obliterated. And uh, Carrie Russell, like, she, so she's reported missing. and Carrie Russell's like, well, I told her to go to their house. So she goes to look for him at uh, Lucas's family house. And um, she sees the um, Amy Madigan's car there. So she realizes something's gone wrong. She calls her brother the police come and they go in the house and the brother the little brother and the father have escaped and uh hilarity ensues and i don't want to ruin the complete ending but um it does get super crazy like carrie russell is so creepy and scary and really sad I mean like you can it's palpable how sad she is throughout the entire movie she's never come to terms with the abuse that she suffered she's never gotten past it she's never gotten to heal from it so she's got like all these defensive walls but now she's determined to save this kid that she sees as being abused and he is but just not in the same type of way that she was it's just a little bit different um so I mean it's a decent watch it's Sufficiently scary. Um I mean the ending was sort of guessable. I mean I it's one of those where you're like, oh okay, I saw that coming. Um if you watch enough horror movies, you sort of get an idea of where things are gonna go, and I like to sort of play the game of like who's gonna live, who's gonna die. And uh it did it didn't disappoint. It was it was sufficiently a good, creepy movie. I like where they incorporate real mythology tales and it's not just some made-up weirdo thing like uh like we'll say Mimic was (laughs) which is also streaming on HBO by the way and is very campy 90s oh god it's so sad about cockroaches that have gained the ability to regenerate and um (laughs) kind of turn into human like creatures anyways don't watch it it's so bad I've seen it before and I love Mira Sorvino bless her heart I wish she'd gotten more things before she was blacklisted I wish she never did that movie but it's so it's so bad it's so bad um and then the last thing that I was going to talk about is um Pam and Tommy which is streaming on Hulu right now So (laughs) I, I I have to admit, I am not a fan of Pamela Anderson. I'm not a fan of Tommy Lee. All I really know about them is surface stuff. I was never a fan of Motley Crue. I was never a fan of Baywatch. Um, I mean, all of that was before my time. I was born in 81. So I'm not super into watching women in bikinis running down the beach, and I wasn't interested in a wife beating asshole who is rich for literally the only reason that he can play drums. And happened to be in the right place at the right time, I guess. Because there's other people who can play drums really well. Um, and so I, I wasn't going to watch it. Did I say it was streaming on Hulu? I don't know. I can't remember. Yes, it is streaming on Hulu. But... They did this uh, series based on Pamela and Tommy and how their sex tape got leaked to the world, which I honestly didn't know the story of. I knew it had gotten leaked. Obviously, everybody knew it got leaked. It was all over all the news in the 90s. I mean, it was huge. But um, I didn't know the actual story. And I, I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, is this the real story? Is this actually what happened? Or is this somebody taking liberties to place the blame on somebody else. So the blame basically went to Tommy Lee and he had some contractors at the house, he wasn't paying them. And so to get back at them, uh, uh for, to, let me restart what I was saying. Okay. To get back at Tommy and Pamela for not paying him, the contractor decides he's going to rob them. So he just comes to their house and like steals a safe. And then he goes out to the woods and like blows up the safe or whatever and opens it finds some random shit like jewelry some cash some guns and then he finds like this tiny little tape and he ends up watching the tape and he had ties to the porn industry so he takes the tape to one of his porn industry buddies and um is like, I, I want to release this. Like, what what can we do with this? So they start shopping it around. And this is bananas to me. Like, I know this was the 90s, but there's no protocol. Like, nobody's picking up the phone and calling Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and being like, hey, we just saw your sex tape. Maybe you should check this out. Like, apparently they shopped it around to the entirety of Southern California and nobody thought it would be a good idea to let these people know that somebody had this. There were no uh, permission forms signed. I forgot what they call them on the show. But there was nothing legally showing that this man had rights to their sex tape. And he's showing everybody. And nobody thought it would be a good idea to let the police know. But, you know, is that because it's the porn industry? And maybe they're doing shady shit and they don't want people sniffing around their backyard? Who knows? So uh, the shady porn guy... Who Stole the Safe is played by Seth Rogen. Pamela Anderson's played by Lily James. Tommy Lee's played by Sebastian Stan, who I generally love. I think he's an awesome actor, but it's so hard to watch the show. <laughs> it's really hard because I don't like them as people. Like they're just too, too much for me. When there's people who are real life people and they feel like caricatures of people. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. And they have, to their credit, Sebastian Stan and Lily James definitely nailed down the mannerisms, the voices, the the little things that they do to really make it seem like they are those people. So it's weird to watch because you think of Lily James like she was Cinderella. And you think of Sebastian Stan like he's the Winter Soldier. But then you're watching it and you're like, oh, my God, it's Pam and Tommy. They really did a good job of making you believe it. However, the TV show is not that great. There's a part in it where Sebastian Stan, as Tommy, not Sebastian Stan, is like having a conversation with his penis and his penis is answering him. And I think it's the voice of the guy who plays Jay on Big Mouth. I think we decided my husband and I were talking about it. I don't know offhand who the voice of Jay from Big Mouth is, but I think he voiced the dick on Pam and Tommy, which is crazy. Um, and we've only got I think we've only watched like four episodes so far, but it's like, uh, it's almost painful to watch where I kind of want to finish it just to say I finished it. I mean, I'm sort of invested at this point, but if it fell off the planet and I've never watched it again, I don't think I would miss it. (laughs) Uh, so those were the main things this past week besides um, my general real housewives bullshit that i watch which is uh this week there was real housewives of oc i still cannot stomach noella she gets on my nerves i don't know why she's here she's such an awful person she's so annoying um the real housewives of new jersey i just watched that earlier today and um I mean, so far this season seems pretty decent, um, better than last season. I'm still I'm still not 100% on board with Jennifer's nose job. Uh, I, it was interesting to hear Jackie open up about her eating disorder. and I mean, sad too, you know, because you think like their children watch this and I would be so heartbroken to have to talk about that sort of thing in a way that my children would, you know have to hear about all the struggles and uh, you know horrible things that you know you go through mentally um margaret's attacking jennifer is getting sort of old it's like okay we got it we got it she did this like let's move on i hate it when they go through these episodes and they just keep rehashing the same thing every single time it's like Is there literally nothing else we can talk about? Could you go shopping or something? Like, let's talk about that. Like, I love it when they go shopping and they just put the price tags up of all the stupid things that the housewives are buying. Like, that's what I want. I want rich people doing rich things. I don't want them just re-talking about the same shit over and over. And um, I think that's about it, honestly. Uh, I've been... I had uh, the ID channel on for most of the day and they were just playing reruns of episodes of Betrayed. And I think I've seen just about all of them to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, seen this one. Oh, yeah, the boyfriend did it. Oh, saw this one. Oh, yeah, it was antifreeze. Oh, yep. So um, (laughs) I guess that's about it. And um, so that's the episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to try and watch some more things over the weekend so I can talk to you all again next Wednesday. So, uh, in the meantime, I am on Twitter and Instagram and I have a website. So look me up, see if you can find me. I also have a Patreon. If you super love me, you can donate something on there and I will talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining me and be sure to check out the podcast on social media. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.